0: Radio Network.
1: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. A study in Japan has, for the first time, examined how an interest in sex determines how long a man is likely to live. Now, the study says that middle-aged and older men with no interest in sex tend to die earlier as compared to those who are sexually engaged. So, the conclusion is the result of a nine-year study held by scientists at uh, Yamagata University. uh, Medical histories and stress levels of around 21,000 participants, both men and women, were studied by the researchers, all of them were 40 years or older. I thought that was everybody in Japan. So uh, the doctor that led the study uh, that uh, reached the conclusion that men with an interest in sex tended to live longer. Uh, Really? So more than 8,500 men participated in the study, of which 8.3% had no interest in the opposite sex. Of the 16.1% of the roughly 12,400 women who participated said they had no interest in the opposite sex. Notably, a total of 356 men and 147 women died while the research was on. So just know that as long as you have an interest (laughs) in sex... You will live longer. I don't know that it, I needed a nine-year study to tell me that, but now you have it from uh, Yagamata, is it y- Yamagata. I'm sorry, Yamagata University. Uh, you have a, an actual study that you can hold up and wave in front of whosoever face you want to wave it in front of. Hey, if you have an interest in sex uh, and you're a man you will live longer. I have a few other questions uh, inside the study as well and they were not answered so I guess I need a whole lot of study money and another nine years or so and maybe I'll get my answers answered. But for now we just know that if you have an interest in sex and you're a man you will live longer. Welcome! Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) So, it looks as though New York has decided, hey, sure, our police department is getting low, but we're just going to bring in the robots. Yay! So, they're going to be deploying several new crime monitoring robots in Times Square and the city's subway system. I mean, why not? So according to Mayor Adams, we cannot be afraid of the technology. Okay, Uh, if we're not willing to move forward and use technology to properly keep cities safe, then we will not keep up with those who are doing harmful things to hurt New York. I will say that uh, I'm going to be surprised if some of these robots make it through the night in New York. But (laughs) we'll see. Uh, We'll see. It wasn't too long ago New York tried to add the uh, diggy dog the uh k5 uh autonomous security robot dog to help uh do some uh do some leg work around the city and uh it was not happy it was not met with uh open arms and so they got rid of it so this particular robot the egg-shaped k5 stands five feet and a half tall uh travels up to three miles per hour is equipped with 16 microphones four wide-angled hd cameras sonar and LIDAR sensors. Okay. So, I mean, you'll be able to, we'll be able to see the footage of it getting (laughs) destroyed (laughs) on the streets of New York. I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying that it probably is going to happen. The robot manufactured by uh, the Silicon Valley-based security technology company, Nightscope, they do. I mean, we've talked about them before on this show. Uh, This robot can also recognize license plates, and mobile devices that have been previously entered into a database. Uh Uh-huh. Nightscope Executive Vice President and Chief Client Officer Stacy Stevens explained that the robot was created to provide security guards with improved situational awareness and record evidence for criminal prosecutions. The robots are for observing and reporting They are not intended to be uh, offensive in their abilities. Yet. The yet was from me. Uh, and They also have just rolled out uh, their robots in Philadelphia. Uh, Lowe's department store or Lowe's uh, home improvement stores uh, have put this uh, at their store in Philadelphia. They said that uh, the outdoor security robots are part of a pilot project to heighten the security and safety of our locations. Yeah. (laughs) I bet, (laughs) I bet. So be ready for robots, Uh, walk on the streets of major cities in America, wherever you go. Uh, We'll see if they can take a beating or not. Uh, I guess NYPD also plans to order a GPS tracking device that would allow law enforcement to track cars remotely, a Star Chase GPS tracking device. Not real sure how that would work. So they just, yeah, we don't have to, yeah, they, we just follow the car through the GPS tracking satellite service. I mean, I thought we were doing that already. If you watch, if you watch the show, it's one of the reasons I watch it because it kind of uh, fascinates me. Um, the FBI shows on CBS, uh, in particular, the actual, just the FBI, but most wanted and international uses a lot of technology as well but the FBI program on CBS uses technology and it's incredible what they show on this show of how they track people and and that is uh, I mean you have to believe that the FBI and they're based in New York this particular show and New York and big city police departments and our government uh, enforcers They, uh, using uh, modern day technology, I mean, it's amazing to me uh, what they do with all the cameras and uh, GPS and phone tracking and all other tracking devices and services. It's pretty incredible. Uh, You're not, uh, you, you might as well just plan on always thinking you're on camera. And so if you don't want your face on camera, learn how to walk with a hat and face down and don't look at the cameras. And wear uh, wear generic clothing. So, I mean, it's it's incredible, and they I mean they, uh, they follow you, so you get the idea of how they're tracking you and where you're going, and uh, really incredible. And this will come in. This will definitely add to their tracking and security services with these robots, right? I mean, that's what they're there for. I mean, the company says, "Oh no, we're." we are just here to help (laughs) we are not part of any kind of offensive stuff at all we're just observing and reporting oh okay well good and this is just robots and technology of tracking and knowing our whereabouts and what we're doing i'm not even talking about ai and what's happening in the ai world i haven't even It's been a while since you and I have talked about AI. And I don't know that I want to get into it today because there's so much. I mean, we've seen the Tom Brady comedy routine that's AI that's not really Tom. We've seen the Joe Rogan uh, interview now that's AI that sounds, you know, remarkable. Uh, We've seen, we saw the reports of the lady who got a uh, call from, AI that claimed to have this lady's daughter for a ransom uh which was not true uh the uh, the people using AI with the daughter's voice uh over the phone uh were wanting a ransom for the daughter which was the daughter was not in their custody uh, or was not in their uh they did not apprehend the girl uh they did not have her they just said that they did. And they had, you know, the, they had the AI voice, um, her voice, the daughter. So the mother actually thought they had her daughter. So, I mean, we're coming a long way. I mean, there's plenty of people in the tech world that's claiming, you know, hey, uh, you know, they asked not long ago for us to take a pause on AI. I mean, America's not going to take a pause on AI because the rest of the world is not going to take a pause. I mean, former Google... CEO Eric Schmidt and I I really do like Eric Schmidt I don't know you know I, I don't know the man I've never even met the man uh, I've read his book I've listened to his speeches uh, I believe that he's a very very smart man and I appreciate uh, you know his talks the man is you know a genius but he has talked about uh, saying that the tech sector faces a reckoning uh, what ha- happens when people fall in love with their AI tutor. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he said we can hardly keep up with how quickly AI technology like chat GBT is being deployed. And he thinks the tech sector must confront how to use the technology so that it does more good than bad. Yes. I agree with you there, Eric. I don't know that we can do that, but I don't disagree. It would be an excellent idea and is an excellent idea for, uh, uh, the uh, tech sector and all sectors to use the technology for good uh, rather than bad. But since we are who we are, uh, we're going to use things for bad along with good. That's just the way we humans are. So, I mean, we've got so much to talk about in the AI world. Um uh, incredible, and I'll get into more of the Eric Schmidt stuff at some point. I mean, he's a—it's a long, it's a long interview, and he is a fascinating man. Uh, and there's plenty of stuff. I mean, he's the guy that originally talked about—you uh, know—years before we all laughed at him. Uh, well, I mean, I did not laugh at him. I just—I thought, whoa, that's something to think about when he talked about people are going to have to have a uh, a different identity once they become an adult because all of the information that they have as a a child is going to be online and uh, all the bad stuff that they did or or good stuff they did but usually you know stuff that you do as a kid that a lot of us did before we had technology to document it all has just gone now It's, it's like it never happened but since we have uh we since we have the technology It's all there for us to remember. And so we're going to have to have a new identity once we become an adult so that all that old stuff isn't part of our life because we don't want it to be part of our life. And, uh, you know, people thought he was crazy talking like that. How crazy do you think that sounds now? (laughs) How many of us have thought, you know, I could use a new identity and not for bad. (laughs) We've all talked about having a bad identity, you know, a new identity for bad. But how about we get a new identity for good? Huh? Yeah. I know. I know. Tough to think about. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. (laughs) So the library of congress has added 25 new songs to be included in the national recording registry yay so we get madonna's like a virgin jimmy buffett's uh, margaritaville and mariah carey's uh, all i want for christmas is you mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you is not in there already This doesn't sound like America. (laughs) So the other new inductees to the Library of Congress's registry include the 1985 theme song to the Super Mario Brothers, the first sounds from a video game uh, to be included, uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, Queen Latifah's All Hail the Queen, uh, Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, John Lennon's Imagine, The first mariachi mariachi music recordings made in 1908. Sweet Dreams uh, are made for this by the Eurythmics. Daddy Yankee's 2004 uh, reggaeton hit Gasolina. And John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads. That's not 25 songs, though. uh, There are 25 songs that are going to be included into the registry. Because there's 625 titles now in the National Recording Registry, uh, according to the Library of Congress. The newest elections were chosen from among more than 1,100 nominations. So, there's... We did the Super Mario Brothers, Deja Vu, John Lennon was... There's some other songs. we Did we do Stairway to Heaven? No, we didn't say Led Zeppelin. Four Seasons, Sherry. Uh, The Police's Synchronicity. Ricky Martin. uh, (laughs) Living La Vida Loca. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And Jay-Z's Blueprint album. (laughs) Uh, So congratulations to all the latest inductions into the Library of Congress National Recording Registry. Congratulations. Wait, there's podcasts? So the Librarian of Congress, uh, Carla Hayden, said in a statement, we welcome the public's input on what songs, speeches, podcasts, or recorded sounds we should preserve next. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's tough to pick which Chewing the Fat podcast should go into the into the national into the library of congress <laughs> the national recording registry they're all so good but i mean there's a couple of uh, episodes i'll have to choose one uh, that uh, you know may have to go into the library of congress i just received an email chewing the fat at the from casey telling me that uh, he has listened to the CTF episode where I talked about uh, curse word, the F word uh, was the perfect word and it is. And he said he's listened to it uh, multiple times and it is classic stuff. I think that should go. I think that episode should go in the Library of Congress, uh, Chewing the Fat podcast. I'll find the episode number, and uh, we will submit that to the Library of Congress and hope that it gets into the National Recording Registry. Man, do I want that to happen? Maybe I could do my Hunter Biden episode. Uh, maybe I could do my episode of uh, hippopotamuses coming to America uh, before uh, before uh, cattle. We do that episode. That was a great. I, I love that doing that episode. There's a couple more episodes too, uh, but the one my uh, the perfect word uh, f word uh, show. Uh, I it's got to go. That that one has to go. So maybe you know maybe we submit uh, several episodes of Chewing the Fat to the Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden and see if we can get into the National Recording Registry. I, that has to happen. That has to happen. I want an episode of Chewing the Fat in the National Recording Registry. Okay, so those of you that have been concerned can now relax, okay? Splash Mountain at Disneyland in California uh, is closed. All right, whew. Uh, they're finally closing it. I mean, we've we got Splash Mountain at Disney World in Florida closed, but this one was still open. And I frankly had it. Okay. I was really pissed, but now I'm, I am not pissed anymore. So they're shuttering it. They're going to make way for Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which man, I cannot wait. And that's going to continue the story that began in The Princess and the Frog. So Tiana's Bayou Adventure, including the return of the iconic character from the fleer. So here's what we know. Uh, (laughs) Because if you're concerned, this is what we know. Okay. So at the end of this month, oh, it's still open. Wait a minute. Hold on. It'll be closing May 31st. Uh, It's the last day of operation. Holy crap. I'm back to being pissed again. It's not closed. This headline, another misleading headline. It's not closed. Uh, They've set a closing date. It's the end of the month in California. So it's still open. Okay. And uh, I'm sick of Splash Mountain. All right. I'm sick of the whole thing. Uh, Let's shut that thing down. What are we even waiting for? We've got the one in Florida shut down. Let's shut the one down in California. <laughs> uh, okay. What about what about the one at Tokyo? Yeah, they're not closing that one. All right. I'm back to being pissed again. Wait, what? They're not they're not going to close the Splash Mountain at Tokyo Disney? Wait, why? Let's close them all down. The whole thing is a racist ruse on America. So Tiana's Bayou Adventure will take guests on an immersive bayou journey, culminating in an epic Mardi Gras party for Tiana's community, which she also helps empower through a new co-op built into a new incarceration of Splash Mountains Mountain. Guests will earn, well, guests will earn more about it. Learn. They expelled it. They didn't spend it. Just earn, not. It's learn, not earn. Uh, about it all at the rides. Hugh and Disney revealed it will smell like beignets. <laughs> oh, man, I cannot wait for that. I want Splash Mountain to shut down now, okay? California, I mean we got Florida shut down we got California until the end of this month and the one in Tokyo is still open I don't know that I could go to Disney World, Disneyland or just Disney in general until I know the one in Tokyo is closed as well because man you cannot have that Splash Mountain open somewhere on the planet we also know now that uh, Harry Potter the TV series is officially happening at max Yes, uh, David uh, Heyman Who produced all eight feature films Is in talks to executive produce the original series Based on the books J.K. Rowling is going to be one of the executive producers Wow uh, They're still even letting her involved In anything to do with the company I mean, it's her deal, I know But according to HBO boss Casey Bloys, uh Her insights will be helpful And I'm not going to discuss the controversy over the author's remarks on transgender people. So I don't even want to hear about it. Okay? So zip it. Alright? It's her books. It's her deal. She's going to be one of the executive producers. Back off me. That's me, not him. But uh, the stories from each of Rowling's Harry Potter books will become a decade-long series produced with the same epic craft, love, and care this global franchise is known for. Wow, HBO. I'm sorry. Max. Is uh spending a lot of money because that ain't gonna be cheap, so it might be worth watching. I mean, I, I actually watched the last Harry Potter film, I, I thought I'd seen them all, but I was uh I was working in the dining room and the TV was on, and this Harry Potter movie was on a Harry Potter one, I don't know what network was airing it. And I started, I looked up and I saw a couple scenes, and I was like, I don't remember that scene. And then, so I, I, you know, I'm stuck now. You got me. Yeah, I mean, I'm hooked. I'm leaning over the dining room table, looking into the family room at the TV. And uh, I'm like, which Harry Potter is this? And it, I think it was the last one. So I believe I've seen them all now. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's Harry Potter. So, I mean, you could take it or leave it with the Harry Potter stuff. But, I mean, I... I felt like wow I've got to sit here and watch this cuz I hadn't seen it. It was really weird though cuz I thought I had seen them all. So anyway, you got that look to look forward to on the Max Originals with uh, the new Harry Potter content for Max. <coughs> All right, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can email the show anytime, Fat at com. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. You can order a cameo from me, at JeffyJFR. That's not free, but you can go to Cameo. Uh, they're my pimp, and uh, at JeffyJFR, and order a cameo, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll be at your beck and call, uh, happy, sad, glad, mad, but, uh, you know, that's what the, the deal is with cameo at Jeffy JFR. Speaking of Twitter though, uh, I see, you know, Elon had said, we talked a little bit yesterday and if you're listening live today is the 13th of April, 2023, wow, the 13th of April, that's my wedding anniversary to this wife. <laughs> uh, so I suppose I should say happy anniversary to my wife uh thanks for putting up with me all these years uh, yay april 13th a day that will live in infamy to me uh so a uh, happy anniversary to my wife i love you thanks for putting up with me okay so uh back to twitter at jeffyjfr i see where uh npr uh said yesterday that it's leaving twitter uh we're pissed Wow. Well, okay, so we're not leaving Twitter. What we're doing is we're just not going to tweet. We're not going to close down our accounts. We have 52 accounts. NPR has 52 accounts. So they're not going to close them. Uh, they're not that mad. Uh, they're hoping that they can, you know, get over their uh, pissed off at this and they'll start tweeting again. But right now they said we're not putting our journalism on platforms that have demonstrated an interest in undermining our credibility. Well, first of all, uh, did you have credibility is my question to NVR, but I, I digress because I mean, they, they obviously believe they did because that's what they said. Now, they also said that uh, in this story, it talks about how news outlets don't gain much from Twitter. Uh, one NPR reporter found that less than 2% of NPR's website traffic comes from Twitter, and maybe that's 2% of what he posts, goes on twitter comes back to the website i'm not sure those numbers are so man so so hard to get accurate readings uh, from social media and what is what drives what and what drive what doesn't drive it's really 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 weird so uh npr uh is not going to be uh tweeting anything uh pbs also confirmed yesterday that it is going to stop tweeting oh no Oh, no, because they, too, received a government-funded label on its main account. (laughs) Now, PBS said they have no plans to log back in. Oh, no. What will I do without PBS tweets? I know. And I I probably actually follow them. I I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of their tweets, or I used to anyway. So, uh, really cool. And I know that uh, some people have left Twitter because Elon won't uh, let you promote Substack your Substack anymore because Substack has started a feature called Notes, which is a similar function uh, to Twitter. And it leverages Substack's existing writers and audiences. And Elon has said, yeah, no, that's competition to Twitter. No, you're not going to promote that on Twitter. So sorry about it. So you're not going to promote your Substack on Twitter because you're going to shoot, Notes, which is an actual competition to Twitter, really weird, and uh, people are pissed. And there's a number of people who make money and earn a living from their uh, their production and content on Substack, and so they want to promote it on all the platforms they can. And now they can't promote it on Twitter, so they're mad, and they're going to go ahead and leave Twitter over that. And good for them. That's your choice. You go right ahead and do that. I still I still use Twitter. I like it. Uh, I don't know, you know, if he takes my blue check mark away, uh, because I'm a legacy blue check mark, uh, you know, I may stop using it. I will say I've noticed that the algorithm has really slowed down for me. So I feel like, um, uh, because I'm a legacy blue check mark that the algorithm is, uh, really deadening my tweets. I get less, uh, interaction. I've had uh, less new followers. Uh, the growth is a lot slower than it was just really, I see, I see that difference. So maybe Elon's already throttling the old at Jeffy JFR because of my heritage blue check mark. I don't know. We'll see. Then I saw an interview, uh, that, uh, Elon, uh, had with a BBC reporter. Now the BBC reporter, James Clayton. Uh, sat down with Elon, and they did this on uh, Spaces as well uh, on Twitter, which I found fascinating. And then when they were done with the interview, Elon kept going uh, on uh, the Spaces. So, you know, pretty, pretty, that's kind of slick of him. The only thing I really loved about this interview, and there was a lot of stuff in the interview that uh, you could take. I haven't listened to the full 90 minutes of the interview. Uh, I don't know that I can take it, but, uh, you know, I I got it. Your dog's the CEO. You're not the CEO of the company. I got it. Twitter is owned by X now or whatever. Yeah, I got it. But the one thing that I did enjoy about this interview is there's like a four-minute part of this interview when Clayton tries to... Say that there's hateful content, more hateful content, more racist content on Twitter, and how many times have we listened to interviews, you and I, here on chewing the fat, and or others, uh, uh, Pat Gray show, on uh, uh, show, uh, on Stu's show. Well, I mean, on uh, Stu's show, I don't want to promote his stupid world, Stu world show. Anyway, uh, on his on Stu's show, how many times have we all broken down interviews and? asked questions of the reporter in the middle of the interview, and the person being interviewed didn't do that. And you want to know, well, where did you get that information? Why are you asking me this question? You don't even have the facts behind that information. That information comes from a lie. And you want the person that's being interviewed to say, hey, wait a second. And that's one of the things that Trump used to do from time to time is to fight push back against the press and they hated him for it and they still hate him for it to this day well james clayton does the same thing right he asks, must hey uh you know there's more hateful content there's more racist content on uh on twitter and elon is like well wait Uh, uh, what's what are you saying is hateful content um what do you consider hateful or racist content? And uh, you're saying you get more hateful content on your Twitter feed. Give me an example of something that's through your Twitter feed. And then he tries to back out of it by saying, well, I don't use my Twitter account anymore. I haven't used it in weeks, but I I used to use it for a long time. But I can't give you... It was just... A beautiful thing because I I can't tell you how many times I've wanted it to happen and it never has. So here's a couple minutes uh, an excerpt from that interview and it's a beautiful thing.
0: You don't like or or hateful? What do you mean to to describe a hateful thing? Yeah uh, Yeah. just
2: content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include uh-huh. something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist. Those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something
0: is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, n- no, is that I'm, what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm well, saying. Well, I'm just curious. I'm, just, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if uh-huh. something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether. My feed, yeah, whether it's yeah, got
1: less yeah, your feed,
2: it, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's uh, why I'm asking uh, for examples. Okay. Can, you, right. can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need hey, exa- no, I, now I, you're honestly, back. I can't no. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that feed anymore, because I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, it, a, lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, 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 only, well, well, I only look well, at on it. You said you've seen more
0: hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last
2: three or four weeks. And know how did you see that? Thank you.
0: Uh,
2: there are many uh, organisations that say that that kind of information is on the right yes uh, whether whether it has a give my me feed one or example not, i mean I, right and surely can't someone like the stri- the uh, strategic dialogue uh, institute in the, U- in the uk they will say that so you,
0: they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense i'm literally asking for a right. single example and you can't name one right and as as i already said i don't use that feed but, let's, but then how let, would you know let, that i you, don't think you, this is getting anywhere you literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single user. right, right. And as I said, I haven't, that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know it's hateful content?
2: Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well,
1: uh, yeah, wow, uh, wow is right because they say, and I don't have any proof of of what I say to you, Elon. But uh, I didn't expect you to back me into a corner and actually uh, corner me about uh, saying things that people just say, they just say, and we're supposed to take it. I'm sure at JamesClayton5 isn't looking at his feed today because he won't like what's being said. Boy, Jamie Foxx has had quite an issue filming this new movie. He talked Cameron Diaz into coming back to Hollywood and you know filming a movie. She had retired. And uh, so then not long after they started filming, he went on a, a giant uh, rant and fired people on the movie set. And then they found a bomb. <laughs> they were getting ready to have some big explosion at the ro- uh, East London where they were filming it. And at the Royal Docks, and uh, they built this huge wall that was going to be there next to the dock where the explosion would take place. And then they said, "Hey, uh, you know, there's a real bomb down here." <laughs> I mean, it was an old World War II bomb, but they had to shut down production and get the bomb moved. I mean, it's uh, you a know, good time. Now we find out that he had to be rushed to the hospital for a medical emergency. Huh. So Jamie Foxx, who's 55, a Hollywood A-lister, had to be rushed to the hospital And they, I mean, the family were rushed in. They thought he was uh, more than just unwell, man. They rushed to the hospital thinking that he was not going to make it. But he is now on his way to recovery. That's what's being reported. Uh, His daughter, you know, reported that on social media. He's on his way to recovery. So good for Jamie. I'm happy that he's uh, on his way to recovery. I realize that there's, you know medical complications that you're on well. Isn't it interesting? Don't, I didn't say that though. I know you're looking at me like, oh, uh, there's another Hollywood A-lister that, uh, you know, is sick. Wonder why they went down like that when he's a healthy 55-year-old male. I know. I didn't say it though. You did. So don't look at me. Don't look at me like that. All right. They are, uh, they just want a little privacy now during this time. And uh, they want to appreciate, look, we appreciate your prayers, but we want a little privacy. All right. He's on the way to recovery and there was quick action and great care. So why don't you just leave me alone? <laughs> we want a little privacy now. Okay. And don't start with me on what you're talking about right now. Okay. Cause I don't, I didn't say it. Uh, I know what you're thinking, but it can't be that because they didn't say it. Okay. All right. Let's just be clear about that. You know, as a kid, I played Monopoly so much. We used to play on our front porch. I could remember playing hours of Monopoly on our front porch during the summer, and you know, when it was raining and there was nothing else to do, we couldn't play baseball, we couldn't play football, or whatever. We played Monopoly on the front porch, and I can remember as a young adult uh, playing uh, quick games of Monopoly. We'd be so um, what's the word I'm looking for buzzed, uh, and another, a guitar player in a band that used to live with us, uh, that I used to manage, uh, he and I would just sit up and play Monopoly by the hour and don't, and I don't, I don't want to get into what we were buzzed on, but we would just play the Monopoly. We'd play quick games, you know, and not, not the whole game. You don't have to play the whole game. You get to a certain point, you know, you're going to lose, you start again. And, uh, so we got the story out of Brussels. So apparently there was a big fight where the players started a sword fight (laughs) over a Monopoly game. That's awesome. Uh, I'm all about getting all wound up over Monopoly. Hey, don't make me go get my sword, okay? So I guess uh, the fight started when a man, an irritated man, approached the players with a Japanese samurai sword. The flight erupted around 5 a.m. Okay, when a group of four people playing the board game on the sidewalk outside their home, uh, they were loud and they were waking up the neighbors, all right? So they wanted these guys to leave. It had to be a game for money, right? I mean, for actual money. You're playing for money. You're betting on this Monopoly game. It's 5 a.m. I believe that they were probably buzzed on some of the same stuff that I was buzzed on when I was playing Monopoly at 5 a.m. in the morning. You don't play Monopoly at 5 a.m. in the morning unless you're having the assistance of some sort of pharmaceutical. You can quote me on that. So the guy comes down and wants to tell them, uh, shut up. You know, a father and a son came outside and said, you guys got to leave, get out of here. And then the players got mad and said, uh, no, we're not going to leave. Get out of here. We're playing a game. We're in the middle of it. So the son comes back with his katana sword (laughs) and they start fighting. Uh, yes. And, uh, the swords, the sword, the swords scabbard got damaged. Exposing the blade of the sword—that's the sheath. I don't know why they try to get so hoity-toity with their. The well, scabbard was damaged. Nobody calls it a scabbard. Maybe, maybe as a sword uh, elitist, you do. But you know, the sheath got damaged. Okay, so the player tried to grab the, the the sword and remove the holster, and the son tried to get it back. So it really wasn't a. I mean, he should have. As soon as the guy grabbed the sword and removed the scabbard uh, you know the holster, the sheath he should have just stabbed him with it but then he would have been in more trouble so both the Monopoly player and the kid were discharged from the hospital the son and one of the Monopoly players were arrested though uh, by police for fighting maybe those guys should have left what do you think you're doing playing Monopoly in front of my house at 5 a.m son, go get your sword and your scabbard. This is ridiculous. Oh, and yesterday, I got to get out of here. But yesterday I see where it was announced. I knew it, that Harry would go to the coronation without Megan. There was no way Megan was going to go. And that was the holdup, right? There was no way Megan was going to go. And Harry... Did not want to miss it. He's de- he doesn't want to miss the coronation of his dad being king. I mean, he he's still a royal, right? Uh, and I know they've I know that I, we could go down the road of the the family, you know, fighting and everything. But he's still the royal, and his dad has been, you know, just itching to be king ever since before Harry was born. And so, you know, now's the time. And there was no way Meghan was going to go. Right, So he has to go. He has to go. He has to. And so uh, Megan, I'm sure, was fighting tooth and nail to get him to stay and not go to this coronation. So it's reported now that he is going to go to the coronation without Megan. Now is the time William and Dad and anyone else, all his old friends, get them together. He's going to be at this coronation without the ball and chain. (laughs) And you got to try to talk him into Harry. What are you doing, bro? You got to cut that loose. You got to cut her loose. Now, I was reminded when I uh, tweeted this uh, yesterday, when the news broke, I commented that Megan will have to unhook the old ball and chain. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the, the intervention needs to happen. But I was also... Reminded by Abby Normal, lesbian, he, him in parentheses on Twitter, replying to my tweet, reminding me that his balls are still in her purse, though. Very true. Very, very true. So it's going to be a tough intervention, man. I don't know that it can happen over the short period of time for the coronation because she's going to have him, uh, you know, in and out. You could quote me on that. She will have him in and out that's exactly the problem that's exactly the problem oh something has to be done though something has to be done you can quote me on that